Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Father, today, this great church in C3 Togra, we give you space and we wait patiently with the expectation nothing is impossible with our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you grab a seat, just chill. I'm going to release all my musicians bar one. Is that okay? You may sit down and enjoy yourself. But great being here. Great seeing you again. It was like a year ago. Can you believe that? One year ago. I just checked. I just checked my little diary. It's one year ago. It's just like a week for me. That's scary because the years are going by really quickly. I've got too much to do. Too much to do. But this morning, you know, I just want to locate that time. Does anybody have any needs in their life here? Three people. That's incredible. Wow. It's amazing. You know, if I had my opportunity, arm, leg, everything up. Needs. We all have needs, right? But sometimes we don't give enough time for God to meet needs. Because we're so busy. Stuff going on. You know, and the church has been an incredible place, and I love the praise and the worship. I love that. I love, I love the pray and the fervency of prayer. And mums with their prams, you know, up and down. God, God, calling out God. The kids are like God, God. They're yelling and calling out too. It's all going on. We're giving. We're orders and hands have been laid on people. Awesome. I love that. But sometimes we can miss. You know, the word wait is mentioned 85 times. And the context of waiting is to be still. Not to be still and like, and, but to be still and go, yes. That's expectation. The church is the place where we live with expectation. You know, I'm a Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever you ever call me. Depends on what church I'm in. It depends on what I'll be. I'm a chameleon. I adapt. And I love, as I said, I love the vibrancy. I, I love life. What I've learned is an incredible power in stillness. The great cathedrals filled and you can walk in those places. And it's amazing, like, you know, some churches are so quiet, they've fallen asleep or they've died, and nobody knows. They need life. But sometimes when there's so much life, 
so much noise. We can't hear God. Be still and know. How do you know? Because you can hear. If you all started talking all at the same time, you wouldn't hear what I've got to say. God tries to speak to us sometimes, and he speaks to us in those moments of stillness and quietness. Now I'm believing God is going to speak to a lot of you about maybe something in your world, maybe a family member, maybe a future. Maybe inspire you in some area of your life that just releases God's power and in favor of what you're asking. Who would like God to do something? Like who, who would really like, you know, I'd just really like a bit of a miracle here or something to change. Anybody? Yeah. Well, why not? Well, it's up to God. Yeah, sure. But it's also up to you. I want to tell you a story, and it's a great story because it sort of is where I'm going. And it's a story about a man by the name of Elijah. And we know Elijah. He's you know, well-known, the great prophet. But I see in that man's life so much of us constantly. We know he was called by God and he had a relationship with God and he did incredible things. But he was just a man. It even says that in the New Testament, Elijah, he was just a man like you and I. Jesus came to show us that he wanted to show us that in our humanity, God still moves. In our challenges, Jesus' life was a challenging life of notoriety. Obscurity for 30 years. No one knew who he was. It was just a carpenter's son. For a good two years, everybody knew and wanted to know him in the fame, in the moment, in the rejection. Jesus had remained true. Why? Because he trusted his Lord and his God, his Father. Elijah was just a man. I love this in 1 Kings 18. It says, after a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain to the land. You have to understand in this time that again, there had been for three years, the people had seen great prosperity and goodness, but for a period of time, like three years, there was a great drought which came upon the land. Even the animals and the people, everybody was suffering. Everyone was suffering. And as we know in this story, Elijah comes to Mount Carmel. After three years, you see, when God isn't moving by, in our understanding and by all appearances, sometimes we think God's not doing it. So what happens? What in our humanity? You know, in our moments, we can say, yeah, I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. But three years where things seem to be drying up on you, maybe your finance, maybe a relationship, maybe you've been believing God, but... Nothing's really happened. After three years, oh, that'll never happen to me, Pastor Greg. That never happens to me. I'm always believing God. Three years, and God is silent. Circumstances don't change. They just possibly get worse. Where do you go? Oh, I'm still trusting God. Well, you're an angel. We all are challenged. When things don't quite work out the way we thought or would have liked them to have worked out. That trust wavers. The people had gone through three years, again, 
they loved and seen the power of God and, and what God had done and how God had blessed them. But for three years, it said there was a great drought. But in that time of three years, their trust in God had wavered. And during that period of time, when God wasn't appearing to be with them and moving, they chose to find another God, and his name was Baal. And we all do that sometimes. When things don't work out with God, we start to create little gods in our world to become the God to provide the means and the measure to get through. It might be financially. When things aren't working, we try to do other things and not trust God. Why? Because it's just not working because God's not doing it. And Elijah stands up amongst the people. Hear this great man of God and incredible things. He stands up and he says, he stood before the people and he said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. But the people said, Nothing. In times of challenge in your life, by all appearances, if God's not working, or walking with you, or doing what you were believing him to do, you look for other gods, sure. We all go through times of challenge and by all appearance, a drought time when God isn't actually present. And what happens? We're trusting God, yeah, sort of. But I've got a few other things on the side to get through on this one. But actually, we become indecisive in what we're believing for. Yeah, I was trusting, but maybe it wasn't the will of God and maybe God just didn't really want to do it for me and maybe we start to try and find excuses, right? Because it just didn't work out. And here in this story, I love in this story is that Elijah says to the people, say, look guys, and you have to understand that God never actually ever forgets you or forsakes you. I'm pretty sure it says in the New Testament, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How do we measure that? In silence or in quietness, oh, God's not here. No, God can actually be very present in those moments of silence and quietness. And Elijah there, he challenges the people and says, look, I'll show you. Again, I understand you're in a moment of indecision because by all appearance, God hasn't moved. But be reassured, God has never left you nor forsaken you. He said, I'll show you that God is still there. And he challenged and I'll, say, I'll show you your other gods. I'll show you the true God who has never left you nor forsaken you. And again, as we know, the great demonstration of power and all the 400 Baal priests get together and they call on their God Baal and all the people are looking, wow, wow, I wonder if Baal's going to move. Then Elijah sets up and again and, and he says, I'll show you what God can do, the one true God. And as we know, all the Baal priests were calling out to God and, and Elijah was taunting the Baal priests and saying, well, maybe your God's gone to sleep. Maybe nothing seems to be happening with your God. You see, sometimes in the gods we set up in our own world, of I'll do it, I can, all of those things, I'll make a way. This will be this new idea, this new gimmick, this new business will be the provision. We try to set up all these things, and, but by all appearances, it sounds like it's a good idea and it seems like a good idea, but God's not in it because it's not really God because God isn't in it. He's not there. Anyway, as we know, the story goes. Then Elijah calls out. He said, I will show you who the one true God is. He calls the God in heaven. 
and a great fire from heaven comes and consumes the sacrifice in which they had built. One for the the God, the God of Israel. And then there was uh, another great sacrifice to the God of Baal. And the fire from heaven came and consumed the sacrifice in which Elijah had presented before the one true God. Nothing happened to the God that the men and the women had created and had given permission to others to build. Why? Because it had no power. But the one true God had the power of demonstration to show that God is still alive, even though by all appearances it had been a time when there's a drought, nothingness. God wasn't moving, but God was still present. Don't measure that God is for you and with you on the basis by all appearance that nothing's happening. Sometimes there are times, there are seasons where God hasn't left you, but possibly He's testing the metal of who you are. (sighs) Will you still trust? Will you still believe? And Elijah calls down an incredible fire from heaven. All the people there again turn around. And Elijah says, now you know who the one true God is. Oh, yes, of course, Elijah. We've seen again the miracles, the incredible power of God demonstrated. They turn their hearts back to God. Great men of faith, incredible men of faith. Then he says, Ahab, he says, Ahab, get ready. Because I hear the sound of rain. But the land was barren and dry the skies were clear and not one cloud in the sky but it says Elijah said I hear the sound I don't see I hear I want you to hear this morning possibly again a sound a voice be still and know you know because you hear here's something possibly here this morning that you have believed for but For whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out because time has not shown you or proved you that God is for you. But God has never left you nor forsaken you. Elijah goes and says on the top of Mount Carmel, he says to his servant, I said, he said, go and look towards the east, towards the sea. I hear the sound of rain. I don't see it, but I hear it. He was a man of great faith. He believed God in all circumstances and situations. He trusted God. He had the knowledge, the knowing, the experience that God is still with his people. The servant runs up and he has a look around. He goes, nah, nothing. Elijah. No, he runs back down the steps. Elijah, nothing, buddy, nothing. You got another little gimmick, another little idea? Got something else? No, 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 no sign of rain at all. He said, no, go back up again. And I'm, no, I just did. There's nothing there. Get back up. Runs back up. Top of the mountain. Ah, zero. Runs back down the mountain again. Elijah, zero. It says, Elijah wasn't looking. It says, Elijah had his head upon his knees and was bowed down. He was in prayer. He was in a place of believing not according to what he was seeing, to what he had heard and what he had believed. He still hung on to what he believed. God had spoken to him that there was a time coming when God would restore. He believed. He knew. He trusted God. This is the hour. This is the moment. He couldn't see anything happening, 
He wasn't running up there. He just said to the servant, go and check. He was in that place. I remain in this place of waiting, of praying. Wait patiently for the Lord, and he shall, and he will, and he shall do all that he has promised. Servant up and down, up and down, up and down. Seven times, the sixth time he gets up there, car. I think I'm going to have to find a new prophet. This guy's losing the plot. He runs down again thinking, ah, oh, look, Elijah. Whew, I don't know about you, but I'm getting exhausted running up and down this mountain. No sign. Elijah, come on, up again, one more time. No, he didn't say one more time. He said, no, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Just keep going up. Just Seven times. And on the seventh time, he looks, wait a minute. There's a small, small cloud. Ah, oh, it's only the size of a man's fist, a small dark cloud. Elijah, look, look, nothing really is happening, honestly. There's a tiny little cloud way off. We've seen them before, but really nothing's changing. Nothing's really happening. And then Elijah goes, great, thank you. Now go and tell Ahab, the rains are coming. So often we see something so small. How could that be the answer? Small beginnings, great outcomes. Pretty sure it says, with their faith as small as a mustard seed. A mustard seed, great faith. Small beginnings, great outcomes. Elijah's feeling pretty darn good about this. Man, I've just shown brought fire from heaven. I prayed and I believed, yes. Everyone's going, wow, look at Elijah. Even the servants are going, wow, I ain't changing. I'll hang with you. It says, and the rain comes. Ahab heads back and says, hey, Jez. Not Jez, but Jez, Jez, Jezebel, you know, the other one, not Evan and Jez. Jezebel. She's nothing like that, but Jezebel. Hey, babe, you know, Elijah? You know those gods you set up that, and you got all these priests and, well, he's just killed them all. They're all gone. You should have seen it. It was spectacular. And she goes, oh. She said, if not by tomorrow, within 24 hours, but that which the prophet, this Elijah, what he has done, I will do the same to him. She is fuming. Word travels back. To Elijah, the great man of faith. Incredible. Just seen the power of God. Prayed earnestly and diligently trusted God. The word comes back to Elijah and it says, And Elijah heard and fled because he is filled with fear into the wilderness. Wait a minute. This guy's a great man of faith. He's been believing God. He's calling fire. He's, he's changing History, natural circumstances and nature. He's changing stuff. In one word, one word, one word gets into his spirit and causes him to flee. Where? He flees into the wilderness. Back to away from God. Not to God, away from God. He goes to a wilderness. And there, after a day's travel, it says, the great man of great faith who believed God who had stood firmly, just one word. What one word has got into you that has caused you to flee? What is that one word that's got into your spirit, into your life, in your situation in which you were believing, but that one word has caused you to flee from what God has said, from what God has promised? And it says, and he flees there. 
into the wilderness. And as he runs into the wilderness, he lies down and goes, oh, yeah, when you need God, where is he? Jezebel's going to kill me. Oh, it's all over. Pity party. Having a pity party. Oh, woe is me. Hello. Humanity. Anyone can identify with that? I've been there. Told the story at men's conference how I snapped and tore my quadricep tendon right off my kneecap. Where was God and all that? No idea. Why did that happen? No idea. What came from it? No idea. That happened. Did I lose that? Yes, I lost my little bit of faith and trust in God. God said to me four times, do you trust me? That's all he asked me. He doesn't give me any reason why. I was in the hospital waiting for this and having everyone praying for and I'm praying for other people. They're getting healed, but what about me? My leg's still detached, immobilized. What was that all about? No idea. I mean, you still don't know today? No idea. Yeah, there's moments, humanity. Something happens. A word, a circumstance gets in your spirit, causes you to flee. Can I tell you? Elijah flees, has a pity party. Whoa. Oh, God doesn't. God's silent. God doesn't do it. He does it for them. Always does it for them. Look at them in the front row. Always does it for them. Jeff Berry. Yes, Jeff Berry. He, oh, Jeff Berry, Jeff Berry, Jeff Berry. Always Jeff Berry. Who's Jeff Berry? Well, Jeff Berry's Jeff Berry. I mean, but God, Jeff Berry and God, they're like that. It's always Jeff Berry. It's always Phil and Julie. It's always Jess and, and Evan. Oh, always somebody. It's always, we always think everybody else has got it sweet. No. Everybody will have a moment, a season, when by all appearance, God is absent. But God is never absent. His word is true. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He runs into the wilderness, lies down there, having a pity party. And it says, and an angel came along and touched him and provided for him. He didn't bring the answer to resolving the problem. He just reassured him that he was still there. I want this today to be a moment. As for Elijah in the wilderness, a moment of reassurance to you. Then my words be as a small cake and some water just to nourish you so that you may go to the place where God wants you to go. The angel says, eat and travel. Where does it travel? Travel into the wilderness. Again! I mean, I thought I'd get out of it. If you showed up, I'm pretty sure I should be getting out of this. No, he goes for 40 days and 40 nights into the wilderness. Where does he go? The wilderness is the world in which we live sometimes. Where does Elijah go? Well, Pastor Greg, I thought you'd come up with the answer on that. Well, it's in the Bible. It says he went to the mountain of God, Mount Horeb. What is Mount Horeb? Mount Horeb is not a horrible place. Mount Horeb is the mountain of God, the house of God. He was still smart enough to run in his disappointment back to the house of God. Ah, oh, I went to church. It didn't work. I'm gone. I'm gone. Where are you going? Into the wilderness. Good luck to you. What's out there? Nothing. Good luck to you. What have you got? Nothing. I don't know why people run so far. They, no, oh, it didn't work for me. I'm running back into the wilderness. To what? 
nothing. Good on you. That's a smart decision. Run. He was smart enough in his disappointment to still run to the house of God. To keep turning up, keep showing up. Disappointed. Fear within him, but still showing up in the house of God. Still going, you know what? I don't understand, but I'm still here. And he goes there in the house of God in all of his fear and disappointment. The words still resonating. Still, Jezebel's going to kill me. Jezebel's going to kill me. The word still has caught his attention. And he goes to Mount Horeb and it says, and he goes in chapter 19 to a small cave, a small dark cave. He goes to church, but in his fear and disappointment, he tucks himself away in a small dark place. You're smart enough to come to church in your disappointment, in your fear, in your challenge, but you tuck yourself away. I was doing something, but you know, you know, I don't know. God hasn't. So you just suddenly tuck yourself into church. Duck. Out of sight. No one can really see you. You're here, but no one can really see you. You're not that visible. Why? Well, I'm here. I mean, the pastor should be just happy that I'm here. In your fear and disappointment, you are smart because you keep coming back to the house of God. You are smart. You keep giving to God. You may tuck yourself away, but you're still present. You keep believing. Well, maybe your belief has been challenged to the point you can't believe. See, there's a great story of a father who comes and brings a son to Jesus. And the son had been, again, it says, been tormented and cast into the water and into the fire. And Jesus was present. And the father comes to Jesus and said, look, Jesus, I've been to your disciples and they weren't able to help me. Nothing changed. Said, Jesus, if you can do anything, if you can. And Jesus goes, wait a minute. If I can, if. There's no if in our relationship. It's only yes and amen. Yes and amen. Amen means so be it. Let it be done. When you pray a prayer, you say amen. Why? Amen, I hope. Amen, yes, I believe. And Jesus said, if. And then this father prays the prayer. I think so many, possibly all of us need to pray in just a moment. Is this. I do believe. But help me in my unbelief. Help me in my desert. In a word which has been spoken, which is built for you. In a moment of disappointment, where's God? In my running, you're here. You may be present, yet absent. Tucked away in the mountain, in that dark, small cave. But God will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. And if you give him enough space and time, you'll hear his voice. Why? Because you're not filling it with stuff. You're still waiting. You're still waiting. You're not trusting, but you're still waiting. And when you wait, be still. When you wait, be still. And know why. Because he can speak. And you can hear. And God calls him out. As he calls him out, he says, Elijah, come 
stand before me in my presence. God had never left him. God was providing in small ways in which sometimes we don't see God as providing because it's only small. We were expecting this, but God only provides this. But in all of that, God has never left you nor forsaken you. And today, I believe it's a time for us to step out. He says, Elijah, come and stand in my presence. And Elijah comes out. We're in the presence of God here this morning. We've had presence, great week. All I'm doing is reminding you one simple fact. God has never left you nor forsaken you, irrespective of your circumstances. What am I doing here? I'm encouraging you not to sit back, but to lean forward with this expectation. Elijah comes out of the cave and stands before the Lord and his great presence. And then a great wind comes and shakes the foundation of all the terrain and rocks were moving and things were there but God was not in the wind and then the earth began to move and shake as a great earthquake moved and again mountains trembled and Elijah found himself unstable but God was not in the earthquake and then a great fire came and consumed all that was before Elijah but God was not in the fire. God is not always in the spectacular. And then I still quiet whisper. Okay. The word came. The word was. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. What was the word? Elijah, I'm so disappointed. No. Elijah, why did you run? No. He wasn't questioning Elijah's humanity. He doesn't ask anything like that. But he says one word which resonates deep within Elijah, which is my word to you today. Go back the way you've come. What were you believing? But because of a drought, because of a word, because of a situation, what has been robbed from you, stolen from you? Well, I'm here today. Is to make a lot of noise? No. Simply to remind you, there are promises in which you have believed God for in which you had so trusted God. The day you got saved, along in your journey, God, yes. The promises are yes and amen. What promise have you walked away from that God is saying to you today, go back the way you've come to that promise in which God said he would fulfill? What is miracle is not always in the spectacular but in the answer why have I come chances mentioned once in the Bible only once the rest have been totally orchestrated and God's hands been upon it all I'm not here by chance I'm not a chance guy 
I came here to remind you why you are here in your great faith, in your great disappointment, in your fear, in your moment of seeing that, wow, does God really exist? I'm here to remind you. He does exist. And he hasn't forgotten you. And for that which he has promised, he shall fulfill. Go back to the place and the word that God has spoken to you. And you will see the glory of God. Father, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. And then God healed his son. Why don't we close our eyes? hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.